Hey, everybody, it is Drags Mike Petralia back with the latest episode of the Jungle War podcast, powered by the great folks at FanDuel Sportsbook, your exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Back with me today on this week's episode of the Jungle War pod is the one and only Jeff Butch Hobson of Bengals.com, has done a great job for decades. How about that, Butch? Covering well, the Bengals. How you doing, Butch? Sending good tracks. Happy New Year. Good to be with you. It's good to see you got those FanDuel commercials. Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis. With yes. Nadia. But it's a new era, though. It's it a is new a new era. Not a new era. Or not a new era, but a Correct. new era. Era. As we it's like good to, to see say. You, it's good to be with you. I'm ready to have a um, happy new year. Let's uh, let's have a good new year. You had a good year in 23. I'm going to have a good year in 24. There you go. Uh, let's. Uh, here's a good jumping off point, and I think it's a topic on everybody's mind, and that is the next general manager of either the Patriots or the Las Vegas Raiders could have definitive Cincinnati roots. Trey Brown, what can you tell us about Trey Brown? His He's a scouting executive or he's a personnel executive with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Uh, he has certainly scouting backgrounds in with both the Patriots and the Raiders. That's why uh, he, his name has come up as a potential candidate in both locales. What can you tell us about Trey Brown? Trey Brown is about as uh, an attractive, appealing, and bonafide candidate as there is in the league. When it comes to personnel, this guy's worked for three different leagues. Uh, he played at UCLA. Uh, he's been a big boost to the Bengals staff. He's been here about three years. And uh, the guy does it all. Uh, he kind of is a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a scout, but he's also more than that. He's got, he's got uh, experience in administrative duties. And as you know, Trags, the way Duke Tobin and the Bengals have built the scouting uh, department over there is they is they do a little bit they do a little bit of everything. It's small but it's compact. Uh, they know what each other's doing. They can all do the same jobs. And uh, I think uh, Trey does a great job bouncing between Mike Potts, the director of college scouting, and direct and uh, Steve and Steve Radicevic, the director of pro scouting, and uh, helps them out uh, both uh, scouting. And with the administrative stuff, he's just, a, he's been a very, as all those guys are, because it is such a small staff, he's a valuable guy. Well, and I think what the interesting point to me is how he's bounced back uh, and forth between director of college scouting and director of pro scouting. Like you mentioned, you have to have your hand in both if you're building a roster in today's NFL, obviously. And I would think a potential organization like the Patriots, let's say, where he worked between 2010 and 2012 uh, with Bill Belichick uh, and certainly Nick Casario, who's done a great job building the Houston Texans. Um, he has some experience in both fields, and I think that would be very valuable and very enticing to an organization like the Patriots, who, let's face it, Butch, and we know New England pretty well, uh, they need to write a different chapter following Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think they're. It sounds like they're going to, uh, ex you know, except for the uh, the hiring of the head coach. Yep. It sounds like they're. It, it sounds like they're going to go in and kind of tip it upside down a little bit, at least personnel wise, because I think at least and I, I don't know, Drags, you're closer to it than I am, but the perception is um, the big Achilles heel 
the Belichick's reign was the scouting. You know, the last decade, they just didn't scout well. They just didn't draft well, you know. And so it sounds like that's what they're going to attack. And uh, they're going to rely on they're going to rely on uh, Mayo to, you know, kind of keep the philosophy, try and keep the DNA. But I think, you know, you'll see a lot of new faces on that personnel side. And in Trey, you get, you know, you get a guy like, a, you know, he's such a versatile guy because he's done it all. Right. And he's done it all on different pro levels, you know. So he's he's scouted college for you. He's dipped into free agents for you. He's got a great he's got a great background. You know, it's a it's a uh, it's a very uh, I'm sure people are looking at him, uh, you know, very, very seriously because he offers that, um, you know, you can't. He can't argue with his resume. I mean, he's one of these guys uh, that will not let you uh, turn away from the resume. What I think is interesting about the Patriots is with Gerard Mayo, he has this reputation uh, as a leader of men, building a culture there that is going to be, I think in in some ways, maybe even more discipline-based than Bill Belichick's, or at least certainly in a different way. Uh, And I think with regards to personnel, the head coach won't have as much of a heavy hand in the personnel decisions. And that's the way the Kraft family wants it. The Kraft family wants someone else having uh, the firm uh, hand on the direction of the ship, if you will, stern on the wheel uh, and make sure that the ship is headed in the right direction. And I think with Bill, the Krafts felt like, you know, if Bill steered it down a certain path, uh, there was no getting it out of the way of, uh, you know, changing course. And I think in this particular case, uh, if you were to bring in a guy like Trey Brown, who knows the organization already, certainly knows the family, uh, you know, you could change that in one fell swoop. You know, I, you know, it's interesting. You talk about discipline to me, that is kind of a, that's a balance beam coaches are walking, you know, because I think Zach is, uh, Zach has shown he's done a great job, uh, reaching out to this new generation of players and being able to get the most out of this generation of players. It's a lot different than, than what Bill dealt with, you know, it was a different, uh, these guys are different than they were at the turn of the century. They're different than the 1980s giants, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a different, it's just a different kind of guy. So when you say discipline, I get it, but like you say, it's a different kind of discipline. I think it's going to be and then and in Mayo, they get a guy who is who was just just seemed like he was just playing. You know what I mean? So that I I, I could see that how, I, I could see how that hire could work. I know there are people in the Boston media kind of with the big question marks, but it's different now. This it, it's different. It's not even 2015 now. You need a different type of head coach because it's a different type of locker room. So I would not. I would not I would not poo-poo that Mayo hire. I think it's very interesting. And we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, he's gonna go through his growing pains as any first time NFL head coach is gonna go through it. He's never coached, uh, you know, been a head coach anywhere, and this is his first gig, but he knows the organization, he knows the craft family. Uh, but it'll be interesting if they were to go in the direction of Trey Brown from the Bengals. Uh, a, maybe an outside approach that Trey Brown or another approach for that matter, uh, that a young and up, up young and upcoming, uh, NFL executive could bring to the table, Butch. Yeah, no, I could, I could definitely see why the crash were taking a long look at Trey. He's got all the, I mean, he's got all the, you know, you know, you know, like they said, they say he's got all the tools, 
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, let's move on to, we're, by the way, we're speaking with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Uh, you can catch his stuff at uh, everything on Bengals.com. Please do so. I want to move on to Willie Anderson and the potential he has uh, for reaching the pinnacle of the NFL in terms of individual accolades. That's the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Um you are going to be part of a Zoom meeting coming up this week. Tell us, bring us inside the Zoom meeting. It was going to be uh, in Atlanta, but that got scratched because of travel um, changes and, and difficulties. But you're going to be on a Zoom call. And this is where you make your case for Willie Anderson, former Bengals right tackle uh, for the Hall of Fame. He ha- he is a finalist, correct? Yes. Yep. He's one of 15. One of fifteen modern modern era finalists, which means he's been uh, he's been retired within uh, twenty years and uh, twenty five years, and he's um, this is this is this is a great shot. This is a this is a great opportunity for him because it's a field where there is really not not a uh, not not one drop dead. Guy, and when I say a drop dead guy, I mean Willie is clearly a Hall of Famer, uh, certainly in our minds and in how we view it. But I think uh, much of the, uh, and and this is true, and this is the way I see it too. There's just not a favorite, and uh, usually when you come into these things, there's two or three. Well, these guys are going in, right? You know, and uh, you just don't have it now. You know the. The first year eligibles are very good and have a good shot at going in. And those are uh, Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates. And uh, after that, you know, they usually put in five modern era guys. So I think, you know, even, even, you know, I think he's even got a great shot when you mention those two guys, you know, because Willie Anderson played Julius Peppers and, and uh, Blankton, you know, Julius Peppers is, uh, He's uh, uh, one of the top eight rushers of all time, and Willie blanked seven of those guys in head-to-head competition. And uh, is that your leaping-off point, Butch? If you're going to make your case, it most certainly is. I, I basically 
drags. What I'm saying is there's a very good chance, we're, you know, there's a chance we may put in Julius Peppers and or Jared Allen today. And Willie blank both those guys. So Willie should go <laughs> wherever those guys go. And then I go from there. So that's, but that's, uh, you know, you get up, you, you get five minutes and that's not very long, but I've also got a handout that, you know, that I've updated throughout the process this fall and uh, it will be, you know, they'll, they'll have that in their hands. Hopefully they read it. Uh, if it was face to face, I know they'd read it because I was going to, you know, I was going to hand it out. Mina Creamer at uh, the Bengals, our graphic artist at Bengals.com, who at Bengals.com, who is ter- who is just terrific, does great work. She had me all ready to go with a great handout, and uh, I can show it to you. Yeah, uh, if, if you don't mind. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's uh, it is. Willie Anderson. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, hold it up. There you go, and uh, it's a little, little whited out. There you go. Then you go, and it's a front and back, and it's got all sorts. What's of the stuff quote like, from Ozzie Newsom? Bring up the, the quote. quote. From, yeah, the quote from Ozzie Newsom: "The right tackle became just as important as the left tackle because of the guy that they were facing on any given Sunday. The game has changed. When you're at right tackle, you have to play Michael Strahan." who was in the Hall of Fame, I could probably name several others. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He is the prototypical right tackle. There you go. And that is from someone who uh, was very familiar in divisional battles uh, with uh, Willie Anderson. Uh, Well, that's the other other point I make, uh, Trags, is Bill Cowher is also very, uh, uh, also backs Willie for the Hall as does Michael Strahan, who we talked about, um, and, um, and and Warren Sapp. And so here we have these folks are telling us the people who are endorsing Willie for the Hall of Fame, we have already voted in the Hall of Fame. Yes. So we've already got our own stamp of approval. Kind of like uh, Mel Blunt gave his stamp of approval for the late, great Ken Riley, who you did a phenomenal job with getting him into the Hall of Fame, by the way, Butch. Congratulations Thanks, Mike. I, appreciate that. I appreciate that. Bengal so, Jim had a lot to do with that too. He yep. was very congrats. Thank was, you, Bengal Jim. He was very helpful, but uh, yeah, uh, a lot of guys rallied to uh, Kenny's, to Kenny's, and that's and that's what you need. And hopefully, you know, the same thing for Ken Anderson. I think there's, uh, you know, talk to uh, talk to Dan Fouts the other day when I was doing the story on Coy Bacon, and you know, Fouts has always been in Ken Anderson's corner. He he loves to tell the story that when Bill, uh, Bill Walsh came to the charges as the offensive coordinator uh, right right after Paul Brown retired. And Tiger yep. Johnson became the head coach. Bill Walsh moved on to the charges, and he had tape of he had tape of Virgil Carter, um, Greg Cook, and Kenny Anderson, and that's all he watched. You know, was uh, and, you know he basically was watching film of what uh, Walsh and Paul Brown had done with uh, the cornerbacks in Cincinnati. So Fouts will always, you know, he endorses Kenny for the Hall. He's just one of a, just one of a few Hall of Fame. Charlie Joyner uh, is a is a Kenny Anderson guy who's a, a Hall of Fame receiver. Um, Kenny had uh, Kenny had early in his career here in Cincy. So hopefully we go down the same path. Uh, if Kenny Anderson wins Super Bowl sixteen and is the MVP, is he in by now? 
like Ken Stabler. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what uh, I say, but that's what Chris Collinsworth says. Chris Collinsworth said if... uh, I've always felt that, by the way. If Charles Alexander runs the the screen route out in the flat two yards deeper, is Ken Anderson in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think they're... I think Kenny and Ken Ryle are both in when they should have gone in, unfortunately. And maybe they take Isaac Curtis with them. Uh, but this is this is the struggle against when you try to put a guy in. That's one of the, I think, uh, the great Rick uh, Goose Goslin, uh, a longtime Hall of Fame voter, best known at the Dallas Morning News, but a guy who covered the league for, you know, nearly 40 years. And he's got those stats where, you know, 68% of the guys or more than half either were all decade players or played on Super Bowl champions. And this is one, and this is one gripe. And you can talk to Paul Tanner Jr. about this. He says, this is going to be on my tombstone, but I do believe it. There are too many good players on great teams who are in the hall. And there's not enough great players on good or bad teams that are in the hall. That's a great point by Paul Daner Jr. I love that point, Butch. That's mine. That's my uh, – that is what I said. Paul always Paul always applies it to me and says it's going to be on my tombstone. Oh, okay. I've been saying that – I mean, I've been saying that probably since Paul was in grade school, so. Okay, there you go. I, well, thanks for clarifying that, Butch. I thought it was Paul saying that, but – so Paul is actually attributing that to you. Yes, right, got it, right. Got it, got and, it, he, it. and he does a great job. And he does a great job with uh, stuff. He's made a great uh, he's made a great case for Corey Dillon. He's really delved into Corey Dillon's case, and he does have a good one. And I, I've uh, used it with various voters. It's it's hopefully uh, hopefully we get Willie in, and then hopefully we can get Corey in and talk about Chad. And there's Isaac Curtis on the senior circuit, and Tim Crumry on the senior circuit, as well as Ken Anderson. Believe me, there's no shortage of candidates. When are the results out? Uh, the they'll come out the Thursday before the Super Bowl. So you'll hold the the vote this week. You'll hold the arguments, yes. the presentations this That's week. Right. The vote is this week. The results will be announced the Thursday before the Super Bowl. And they make a big production of it at the yes. Super Bowl, which is why the lead up time has kind of changed. Because when I was covering the Super Bowls back in the two thousands and twenty tens, they would usually have a meeting at the Super Bowl, and then just announce it right there, right then and right there. Yeah, it was the day before the Super Bowl. The Saturday, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It was, it was the Saturday before the Super Bowl, and it used to be that we vote, and they put out a release. And now... It has to be vote. produced. Everything's now, now, for TV, Butch. It's, it's, it's always, uh, it always seems to be a fact of life, Trags. All right, let's move on. This is a Bengals podcast, and we want to talk about the upcoming 2024 Bengals. We're in the offseason now. Um, when we when I take a look at some of the playoff games, and we've, as we record this, have seen four of them so far, two games stick out to me. And that would be the Kansas City game over Miami, the win over Miami, and the Green Bay game over Dallas. And to me, the run game and I'm I'm setting you up to hit a 300-yard drive down the middle of the fairway. Right. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Run the ball in the playoffs, stop the run, you've got a good chance of winning. And I think that is something the Bengals are going to take a good, long, hard look at in the offseason. 
how do they improve their run game and how do they complement it with what Joe Burrow obviously brings to the table? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's, it's you know, the Browning thing. I think Zach does a good job of turning adversity into a positive. And so I think maybe those seven stats that Jake Browning had, Zach's going to sit down and um, God willing, if Brian Callahan is, is still with them and uh, Dan Pitcher and Roy Walters, you know, they'll sit and they'll look at that and uh, the Brown, how Browning played it and uh, how it was with Browning. And it wasn't all that different, I guess, than with Joe, but it, will, it was different enough that I'm sure, you know, these are smart guys. They're going to look at uh, what can be tweaked, what can be fixed. And I, you know, that the the seven games with Browning may have been uh, maybe something that they can turn into a positive and uh, help improve the offense uh, with Joe. I just think the run game can help Joe Burrow out tremendously if the Bengals are willing to use it. And I, and I don't know if you've gotten a sense of this over time with uh, Joe Burrow, but he's got to want to see a good running game as well. I know he wants to throw the ball a lot. Yeah. I know he wants the ball in his hands. I mean, you're paying him as such to have the ball in his hands, to be a, obviously a game changer. And he, he is that we we're not saying that he's not, but yeah. I just think if you put an effective explosive run game, we've heard this time and time and time again from the Bengals, they want an explosive run game. They don't necessarily want to run the ball 20 times or 25 times a game. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, Chase Brown, I think in the last six games, uh, he got, uh, he got all but five of his touches of his rookie touches. And they were, you know, he was pretty impressive. You know, he's uh, very impressive. I mean, um, obviously, that terrific speed he's got, and he's a different kind of – he gives you a different look than Mixon. So, you know, I think they have to make a decision there and what kind of what kind of run game do they want. I'm not sure. You know, right now it seems to be a little bit of everything. I don't know if they want to streamline it and make it more focused. But um, I think, you know, I, I, I think it's – and we've talked to Zach enough to know that uh, – He's uh, uh, that his bread and butter is his bread and butter. You know, it's 11 personnel yep. and it's throwing the ball. And I think he's what he's doing. He's he's striving for balance. And I think he'll, uh, you know, I think everybody says, well, what's the formula in the, in the division? Well, I just don't I, see. I just don't think it's, uh, you know, people say, well, you just can't say they didn't have Burrow. Uh, you can't just say that because everybody gets hurt. Well, I think you do just have to say that because that's yes, reality. I would agree. I, I would agree with that, Butch. You know, the Bengals are Joe Burrow. Burrow is the Bengals. Okay, so and, the they, and he is signed to that contract to be exactly that. They yeah. want they, they are building their roster and building yeah. their attitude around one singular player. The formula is Burrow to win the 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 formula to win the AFC North is Burrow is healthy. Because the two years he's been healthy, they've won it. Correct. You know, period, end of paragraph, right? So, um, I, and I just, know. I'm going to jump in here, Butch, because I think if Burrow has a healthy Chase Brown from the beginning of the year, and let's say, let's say Joe Mixon's not on the roster for whatever reason next year, and, and Chase Brown takes that next step in the uh, Zach Taylor, whoever the offensive coordinator is, if it's still Brian Callahan, if he is that, uh, if he is the feature back in 
that offense. I think the offense takes a big step forward. Well, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, they, you know, there better be, there better be another guy like that too. Cause I think, you know, Chase is, they need another running back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, cause you need more than, you know, you need more than one. So I, I don't know. I think uh, it's hard to, I thought Mixon was their most valuable player. I mean, I mean, next to Chase, next to Jamai Chase, I thought he was uh, the, on offense you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And maybe even as a team, cause you know, Trey Hendrickson was great. But it was, uh, you know, the offense had a better year than the defense. And Trey Hendricks was terrific. Uh, Trey Hendrickson was was fabulous. Um, so I just I thought see- he was the, the the most outstanding player. But, yeah, I could see that point. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know, that's, you know, yeah. I mean, okay, Chase, Hendrickson, you know, Mixon, I think you could talk about all three of them, and they all three of them would have a case. So that's why I'm not sure. That Mixon is, uh, you know, I think I still think Mixon is uh, somehow in the mix. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't want to slight Trey because it was uh, obviously the greatest year a Bengals pass rusher ever had, and he had the other one. So, yeah, so, right. You know, I mean, he's been he's been a great Bengal. He's an all-time Bengals great. Drags. He's only played three years. You have to call him a, a franchise great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, he when he is on the field and healthy, Trey Hendrickson impacts yeah. what teams can do, especially when it's throwing the ball. Okay, yeah. I want to, because everybody has a thought on this, get your thoughts on T. Higgins. Which way do you think the Bengals are leaning? I mean, Burrow said he's coming back, right? That's all I have. That's all I need to know. Do you think Joe like Burrow knows, knows uh, honest to God, do you think Joe Burrow knows something we don't, or don't, is he just saying that? No, I don't know. I think he's mouthing what he's been hearing around the building, which is we're going to keep it. We're, we're, we're going to do what we can to keep the guy. You know, I think they've I think they've been uh, very committed to that since since, uh, you know, since since the since T was eligible to sign an extension. I mean, I think it's it's something they want to do. I, I, I don't think they count themselves out. I know people are saying there's no way they can have all three. They can, I, I think they're trying to find a way to do it. So the tag would be about 21.4 million if we're, you know, this is the estimate, you know, based off some of the salary cap projection tables we see out there online and they're easily accessible. Uh, but about 20, 21.4, you tag them for one year, as they like to say in sports these days, the hot term with kids, cool kids these days is run it back. And I think there is the chance that the Bengals run it back for one more year with T and Jamar and then go from there. I think ideally they would like to have a long-term deal with T. They'd like to have a long-term deal with Jamar. I don't know if that's feasible given, you know, the track record that the Bengals have with T Higgins agent. And that's David Mulligetta. I think it's, uh, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of things on the table. And it's just we're in a different era of drags where, you know, some of this stuff, you know, was easy to do. <laughs> it's just not as easy to do now because they've got the quarterback with the generational contract. And so, you know, things are going to take time. It's just, uh, you know, back in the day, it was easy to do this stuff. You know, you could you could mail it in, but can't mail it in anymore. It's it's such a, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like putting together a, it's like putting together a rocket launch. Well, it's a curse and a blessing, Butch. 
that's what this is. When you have the elite talent that the Bengals do on offense, and you're talking about the quarterback and two receivers, you're going to have to pay them as such, and then you're going to have to find a way to fit them under the salary cap structure so it doesn't hamstring you in other areas. Uh, and that's what I think the Blackburns are, you know, that's why I think Katie is one of the very best in the NFL because she eventually will find a way. Um, but I think Bengal fans want to make sure that, uh, that, the, that Joe Burrow doesn't get shortchanged in terms of the weapons that he has next year. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, they've, uh, it's like you said, Katie is, uh, Katie usually finds a way. So I, uh, you know, there's, you know, and even beyond T, you know, there's other, you know, what do you do with, uh, what do you do with your slot receiver? You know, is, is Charlie Jones ready or, you know, do you have to draft another guy or uh, can you somehow get Tyler Boyd back? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an intriguing question too. It is, but I think you would agree that T Higgins is probably priority number one, because oh, yeah. you, oh, have yeah, sure. to, you have yeah. to solve the T Higgins puzzle before you move on to, I think signing Jamar long-term, maybe I'm wrong about this, but uh, you have to decide here's what we're going to do with T here's the offer we're prepared to make. And they've, you know, reportedly already made one offer to him and it was not, um, you know, accepted, but they're going to have to make one final offer and come up with a decision as to how to move forward. And then, uh, take on Jamar Chase, correct? Yeah, no, I wasn't saying I, 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 I wasn't putting them in any kind of a priority. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying, there's, there's, there's questions beyond T too. I mean, you know, and because let's, well, you know, that was a big, you know, that was a big topic, obviously, for the last, you know, two weeks of the year was these great three receivers. Can you keep them together? You know, and so it's just not going to be. You know, one guy you're trying to keep in there, you really, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're trying to keep, which is maybe another reason why you've got to keep really go overboard, not overboard, but we really got to get T because you at least want two of those. I would think you at least want two of Correct. those. Correct. I'm on board with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep so, at least the top two, reassess the running game, rebuild the running game, however you want to look at it. Uh, but the running game, the two wide receivers, in a tight end. Would you I agree think, with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I I uh I think Burrow, I think Burrow solves a lot of that himself just coming back. But yeah, that's yeah, you've hit it on the head. Trags, that's it right there. I mean, I think, you know, they may have their tight end with Tanner Hudson. I know he's uh, uh, uh you know what? I I I could buy that if he continues to progress like he did this year, yeah. I liked what Tanner Hudson gave them. He was reliable when he got open. He caught the ball. He made good positive yardage. Yeah. I, I think, and Burrow loves his tight ends that are, act as a, you know, a release valve. Uh, when yeah. the pressure is on, he likes to look for his tight end. I thought Tanner Hudson did a very, very nice job. And if you told me, you know, maybe they can't do as much with the tight end and they'd have to stick with Tanner Hudson, I'd be very happy with that. One more thing, and then I got to let you go. Jonah yeah. Williams is another huge, huge piece of the right. puzzle. Maybe he hits free agency. He's certainly eligible to go to free agency, but they're going to have to look at right tackle as well. Yeah, that's right, Trags. That's a good call. I mean, and if you look at the pro football focus and what is projected, contract is he played himself into some big money and uh, you yep. know i thought jordan was always an underrated guy yep. um he played hurt 
He showed up at the gate. Um, I thought he was uh, a smart guy. You know, I just thought he was underrated. Those guys don't grow on trees. And, uh, you know, you, this is one of these guys, you know, you find out when he's, when he's gone. But to me, this would almost seem like, uh, you know, hard for them to pay, you know, I think they would have to pay him at least what they're paying Orlando Brown. And that's just not, I mean, you just can't. Not feasible. That's, you know, it just doesn't. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, they'd love to keep him, but uh, I guess that's why they have first round draft picks too. So I would think that would probably be an easy call on what they're going to take in the first round. Probably. I, I, would, I think. would think so either there or defensive tackle. If there's a stud yeah. defensive tackle, somebody to, you know, take the spot of DJ reader, you know, and we'll see if DJ comes back on a one-year deal. Um, unfortunate injury, obviously at the end of the year, but I think uh, nose tackle and right tackle are uh, two positions they're going to have to address in the off season. And then keep, uh, then keep, uh, keep uh, loading up at edge and uh, edge and cornerback. Yes. All right, Butch, anything else you're working on? No, I think that's it. Uh, Trags, we're uh, we're headed to getting ready for the Senior Bowl, right? We're getting ready for. Yes. Uh, we're delving into that. We're delving into the big board. I will be following your coverage down there. I assume you'll be down there. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be yes. there, and we'll be. Uh, I'm sorry, you won't be there, but you'll no, be. No, I will not. But no, but at some point you're going to be hitting the Reds, right? I will be. I'll be doing that college basketball. Um, hit a lot of uh, activities coming up in the springtime. We get a little time out in Arizona, so that's not a bad thing either. A lot of sunshine to warm me up after these cold January days. Drags, you're more versatile than Joe Mixon. Ah, okay. I will take that as a compliment. I appreciate it, Butch. And, and, just, as re- and just as reliable. I, I was going to say, you are more reliable than anybody that I know on the beat. So there you go. Uh, Trags, I appreciate you checking in with me, and uh, don't be a stranger here as you uh, delve into the Cincinnati Reds. You'll be actually covering a real baseball team, and I'll be following a double <laughs> A, a double A organization called the Charles River Red Sox. <laughs> I had to let you get that bitterness in, and you yeah. know we'll we'll see how uh, the baseball season unwinds. But it doesn't look great for the Carmine Hose. Remember the no, Carmine. <laughs> no, yes, yes. No, it does not look good, Trags. It does not. Uh, it looks so bad that they called off the hot stove meeting in Springfield. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. It, All right. Uh, he is Butch Hobson. I got to cut you off there, Butch. Um, Sounds great, Trags. Thank you for having me on very much. Thank you for having me on. Just posted on the Hall of Fame vote for Willie Anderson. That'll be big, big news. Um, the vote will be, uh, or the meeting will be this week. The vote is coming up, and uh, we'll get the results uh, again when Thursday before the Super Bowl. That's correct. Thursday night at the awards show. All right. He is Jeff Hobson. Follow his great work on Bengals.com. My name is Mike Petralia. Thanks for downloading and watching this episode of the Jungle Roar podcast, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Until next week, I'm Mike Petralia. Keep that jungle roaring.